Now, I know you just got done, like, working a week straight. But if we were to start planning for the next visit. <laughs> <laughs> Can we not? <laughs> now, hear me out. It's, it's brilliant. It's great. Just pretend you're assigning this work to someone else. Yeah, oh, yeah. sure. Yeah, yeah. Sure. I'll okay. do it. I'm just thinking, like, a little box, right? I got a box. And at the top of the box is a button, but inside the box is an ESP, right? Mm -hmm. And it's running like a script that mutes different channels. And Wes could take one, and Brent takes one, and it uses NetBird. We'll take care of the VPN part, but we NetBird back, or TailScale, or I don't know, something. Nebula, whatever. Nebula, and we come back into the studio, and they have mute buttons that go with them anywhere that are actually wired... Back to the mixer right here in the studio. I'll also take one for his channel. I could. I could <laughs> yeah, that's a great idea. Well, I was going to say, I could see us like mixing up. I grab Wes. That's by what accident. would happen is Jeff would build a mute button for me. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Just mute all, actually. You know, didn't uh, Alex mention there's tail scale on ESP Home now? Yeah. WireGuard. Oh, WireGuard directly. WireGuard, WireGuard directly. Nice. Directly in ESP Home. Oh, that's great. That's all that's it takes. That's great. I mean, shoot, I, it's beyond my scope in terms of software, but uh, maybe we can find some kind of yeah, project. Yeah, we, we can do that part. Yeah. As long as we just get portable mute buttons and then we can start muting each other, I think that's going to work out great. Oh, yeah, sure. Yeah, everybody can mute. Hello, friends, and welcome back to your weekly Linux talk show. My name is Chris. My name is Wes. And my name is Brent. And my name is Jeff. Hello, and welcome back, everybody. It's so good to all be here in person. It's so exciting. Nothing like it. It's Don't the... break that lamp. <laughs> I'm going to break a lamp. I'm going to break a lot more than that, because coming up on the show today, we've been kicking absolute butt and putting all of the Linux in all of the places with all of the gadgets even in places they shouldn't go. We'll talk about that. Uh, and then we'll share how the mini Linux Fest this weekend went, and we'll round it out with some great guests that'll stop by and hang out with us, some boosts, some picks, and a lot more. Job one, though, is we got to say shout-out to Tailscale. Tailscale.com slash Linux Unplug. They have been essential this week, and you can try it for free for up to 100 devices. It'll change your networking game. Tailscale.com slash Linux Unplugged. And now, our second order of duty, time-appropriate greetings, virtual love. Hello, guys. Jeff is waving. I'm, I, I, again, I'm, I just really wanted to say hello I again. Know, I feel bad because, uh, quite literally, most of the mumble room's out in the uh, living room right now. We have a living room full of folks that came to Linux Fest Northwest, and I sent Brent around to secretly invite people. And I tried to get to everybody that was basically staying around. Uh, however, some are still en route. We'll see. But it's pretty neat. We have pizza out there. We got sandwiches out there. And uh, we got people watching and listening to the show. An amazing group of people also. And in the feedback segment, we'll bring a few friends in from a few projects that you probably heard about. And we'll chat with them. But uh, before we get to that, let's uh, cover some very important housekeeping. The taxis are coming up. Whoa. Whoa. Oh, yeah. Why do you right. have to remind me? I don't mean to derail the show at the very beginning, but... We got to talk about the tuxies. I want feedback. Don't go. Don't vote. My, if you vote, I'm going to be, don't, do not vote. <laughs> no uh, voting allowed. Wes, if they vote, I'm going to be so upset. Yeah. We're tracking it. So don't. Don't vote. I'll know who votes. But I would like you to review the tuxies and give us edits and recommendations and maybe removals. Yeah. Basically like look at what we did last year, which is what's still up right now. 
How do you want, what do you want to see fixed, improved, made better for included, this year? Included, excluded. Tuxies.party. That's tuxies.party. Please, right now, go to tuxies.party. Don't take the review. Don't take it. Do, don't, 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 don't fill out the survey, but please do review it and then boost in with your suggestions for edits, additions, and removals because you have one week and then we're rolling them out. I remember last year we had an item we really thought we missed the mark on and that we should have added. Did we did we write down what that item I was? I completely forget uh, what that was. Dear audience. <laughs> show notes, right? Yeah. Let's go listen. Uh, but go look at tuxies.party. Tell us what's wrong. Tell us what needs to be updated. Tell us what needs to be edited. And then uh, we'll make it and uh, boost it in or join the Tuxies Matrix Room. We will put a link in the show notes. Those will be the two avenues. And of which I can A, practically manage, and B, practically actually watch the feedback. So please boost it in or go to the Tuxies Matrix room, and then I will edit the form before next episode. And then the votes are open. It's pretty exciting. So we have been gathered together for about, um, well, it depends on who made it, but a few days. Jeff made it here uh, for about a week and hit the ground running. I had what I thought would be a list of ambitious Jeff Jobs. I, I used, I'd say so. I made a bunch of tasks on Nextcloud and uh, pretty happy with where we're at right now, Jeff. But let's talk about the automation upgrades that we did in Jupes. I know we covered some of this in self-hosted, but we decided to put ESP32s connected to relays in the wall. Mm-hmm. You think I'm going to be calling you in a week? <laughs> I really hope not. It's a long drive to come fix it. Uh, luckily, Hadia knows how to uh, bypass them. <laughs> yeah, she can wire, she can bypass. Yeah. I was kind of, by the time we were done, I was like, I don't care. I don't care. <laughs> but we have, uh, we've really done some, I don't know, like, uh, I'm not bucket list isn't the right word, but it's near bucket list levels types of automation now in the RV. We've got the water heater and electric and gas sides. Fully automated. Okay, so what does automation mean in that context? Well, Jeff, explain how we hook these relays up. So on your electrical panel, I guess your control panel for jupes that does your slides, your water heater, and your water heater is both gas and electric, so you have mm. two different switches for those. Fancy. And there's also the water pump. Well, it has its own button as well, its own switch, rather. So, of course, he wanted to be able to remotely control said switches. Ah, right. So in the before times, the terrible, terrible, no good before times, you had to manually walk over to the wall to go, like, toggle the switches. Yeah, like, like a whopping three feet. Ugh. Oh, it was yeah. the worst. Yeah. So now there are some relays in there, and they are connected to an ESP board, and that is tied into home system. Yeah. So you can essentially take a dumb thing that just needs electrical signal and make it a smart thing that connects into home assistant. But And this is all consistent, right? So like you could do it on the wall and it reflects yes, in home assistant. Yeah. And you can override it. You know, like so one of the things we wanted because you have multiple options how you can wire it. Right. You could make it like the switch is part of the pro- process or you could make it where the switch is like a manual override and cut the power, which is what we mm-hmm. You can do different options, but I actually felt w- was really kind of beneficial was learning and watching Jeff and what I learned is that uh, you can you can work in the dark. Uh, you can work in the rain. It doesn't matter. What I've learned from Jeff is that it's no big deal to do your electrical work in the rain. Or dark. Or the dark. Yeah. So, and on a positive live system that's hot. So, so we're in the rain. It's hot. It's dark. <laughs> you get to a point where you've been working on stuff all day long. And you've been planning to do something. 
and you don't get to it because like the the other projects took longer. So then you're like, okay, tomorrow we're going to get in there. We're going to finish this. And Jeff built this beautiful breakout box that has a bunch of DC plugs. What are the type of connectors, Jeff? XT60. And then switches. And then at the last minute, I got him to also cram an ESP in there as well with a relay. So one of those plugs is on a relay. Ooh. But, uh, you know, you only got so much time. Sometimes you got to do the job in the rain. Get it done. Get it done. <laughs> Even if we were soaked afterwards. <laughs> we were so soaked. You're dry now. No, of course, didn't stop there. You know, there's more to do inside. So got that done in the rain and then went inside yeah. and got more done inside. Soaked and wet. Yeah. And we built some WLED displays. Really love that. Um, I'm sure we'll talk about that on self-hosted. You know, when I uh, finally arrived, uh, last time we did this, what was that, six months ago? January? February. I don't know. Yeah. Um, Jeff and I kind of raced here on the same day. And I got here, what, half an hour before you or something mm-hmm. like that. And then so it was like project week commence. Uh, this time around, I think, I mean, I, it worked out for me. I showed up and most of the work was done. <laughs> <laughs> so I arrived at uh, Lady Jupes in the RV and there were tools and everywhere. parts yeah. and just components <laughs> everywhere. I had, it was like, quite the sight. I had, of course, the server booth completely like splayed open because uh, I decided to deploy the Pi KVM that we picked up at the RV, because we were gonna we were gonna run it here on the OBS machine with Wayland and Plasma, and I, it would be great. Oh, we had such dreams, but obviously the the Pi KVM has a 1080p resolution limit, and this is an ultra wide display. And I thought, well, where do we have it? Oh, my home server. So we, so we the great thing about the Pi KVM is you can actually connect it to the ATX pins on the motherboard, so you can have the Pi KVM trigger. Power offs and resets. Oh, it's so much better than the IPMI stuff that the vendors put in there. It's so much better. So I'm really happy with that. That turned out fantastic. But um, I think the thing that the audience is probably going to be the happiest to hear is that with Jeff's help, we accomplished the impossible. We built the Notes PC, and it's fantastic. Okay, so this is an exciting moment because we've talked a lot about the Notes PC and now we're about to do the big reveal. Jeff's very proud. <laughs> I see that. And so we just like your observations see, and see what you think. Oh, go ahead. Really? Go ahead. It's we're going to go out into the garage. Tour here. Mm-hmm. Right. Yep. We're stepping out into the server room, also known as the garage. Server room A. Oh. What? This printer is gorgeous. <laughs> Isn't that dot matrix in great shape? Very, very cool. Yep. Yeah, but it... In a weird way, feels modern. Yeah, it's it's very modern looking because it's not beige; it's black and gray, and, and just yeah. the form factor. It's oh, in fantastic yeah. shape. Okay, we we got lucky. I realize I'm looking at the printer and not the notes piece. Yeah, yeah you can you can move it out the way if you want, or you can leave it there. It's up to you. So it's fully working though. Just wiggle the mouse, wake up the PC. So you see here, we've got Olympia Mike's B Link acting as the notes PC. Now tell us what desktop environment you think we've chosen. What do you think we've chosen here for the desktop environment? I don't recognize this, so I don't actually know. What is it? Do a little dig and find out. See see how long long it'll take me? Yeah. Uh, Okay, that doesn't work. Uh, He's trying his typical plasma stuff. <laughs> Seeing if it's a plasma skin. It is There's not. a button that just says run everything. <laughs> it's the best button, actually. <laughs> oh, 
It's enlightening. Yeah, you got it. <laughs> <laughs> well, I left the about open for you. Yeah, that's, that's the hint over. We have an about just oh, hidden yeah. right there. <laughs> that actually gives it away. But it runs great on this little B-Link. And it's fun to have one, to, you know, to have an actual machine dedicated to playing around with it. It's, it's sort of... Snappy. Isn't it slick? Yeah, yeah. It's kind of great. Perfect for a notes machine. You want to hear that and see that dot matrix print? Oh, yeah. Let's take a look. You do got you something have, you can cat? Yeah, I got something I can cat. Now, I do need a piece of paper of some sort. Uh, something to show. Oh, we should have picked up some. We should have picked up some. These things deserve proper paper. Work. We're just shoving a sheet of modern printer paper in there like animals. We're going to need to put that somewhere where we can have a stack of dot matrix printer ready to go. Do you think they sell that at the office supply store? <laughs> uh, yeah. They do still? There's a business in Canada that's quite popular everywhere of course, that of course. still uses dot matrix printers for their, like, when you go to the cache. And you get a carbon copy, you know, because you can do that. Yeah. No, they're impact printers. They're the best. There we go. All right. All right, Jeff. It's on. It's plugged in. Technically, I should just be able to... Uh, this file here and uh, that's it. I just it's just one line. Should I do a little more? Sure. Do a lot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That could be interesting and embarrassing. Just pick a system file. Okay? Well, you know, I'm gonna, I'm gonna be done. Or you I'm can cat the uh, Etsy Nix OS configuration Well, I'm not running Nix. <laughs> Can't oh. get this thing to work next. <laughs> Nick doesn't need oh. it. Oh. There you go. Oh, well. There we go. Beautiful. I can get it to go at an angle. <laughs> yeah. Now, at the risk of sounding like a noob, and I want to I want to make a disclaimer here. I have maintained and deployed dot matrix printers for many many years, but I I'd kind of forgotten about the simplicity of them. It's pretty interesting because I've never maintained or deployed a dot <laughs> matrix printer. Yeah. Uh, even no shoot inkjets and modern printers I've barely sure. used. Sure. Uh, yeah. So just looking to see like, do I need a driver for this? Am I going to need cups? Any of that stuff? And. I installed cups just out of instinct because uh, I don't have it, <laughs> yeah. don't need it. Yeah. And I like the idea of installing cups out of instinct. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. I do it too. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, I just wanted to see that and just, I couldn't find any way. I added a driver in Plasma's thing. Just let's see, you know, well, raw driver, let's see what happens. And it actually sent something to the printer and it printed out all this random data when it was just one line in, in Kate. A bunch of characters and stuff. Yeah, yeah kind of a bunch of uh, not not Symbols so much insanity and, yeah. but more of a Like a of, description for a driver. Right, right, exactly. And then I found somewhere a note in some other forum post that said, oh, you just cat a file to the device <laughs> and oh, okay, it's a USB to parallel adapter and found that and catted a file to it and sure enough it gave me the output of yeah. what I had in Kate. Yeah. It, it took me like a moment to wrap my head around the simplicity of that. It's like, just an output. Wow. You could netcat to it if you wanted to. I <laughs> oh. <laughs> I, we have not yet got it working in NixOS. I think it's probably a UDEV thing. I, I literally have not even tried. I tried. But, oh, you did? I failed. Okay. I like, I like this iNetcat idea that, uh, you know, we expose it on the mesh network and then, you know, anyone can print to it. Well, oh, here's cool. what I'd love to do, Wes, is I'd love to get it working on the Nix mm-hmm. notes machine, and then I want to share it via cups 
to the whole Tailscale network. So from yeah. anywhere on my Tailscale network, I can print to that dot matrix printer. <laughs> How great is that? There is one problem, and it's unfortunately a rather large problem, and it's the paper for the dot matrix printer. There's a lot of boxes of paper here. So that one, wow, that one's 50 bucks. How much do you think a box of dot matrix printer is? Paper, just the paper. Given from your expressions, either really high or really low, I'm going to go with low. A thousand sheets. A thousand so sheets I'm saying a thousand sheets, $12. Okay. What do you think, Jeff, for a thousand sheets? I'm cheating a little bit. Yeah, I'm going to go, I'm going to go, I'm going to go uh, uh, $85. $85? Yeah, so it's a little bit higher than this. Okay. So what was yours again? 12 12 $85. And survey says $211. <laughs> <laughs> $211 for a box of top matrix printer. <laughs> I don't think it's so popular anymore, is it? <laughs> to be fair, that box would probably last you the rest of your life. Yeah, that's true. That is true. I just cannot believe it. Uh, I think we probably only need like 12 sheets or something. The the uh, Okay, Carl is stopping by the studio and dropping off some beef jerky, and I want to take a moment. and Now this smells good. Oh, Carl, did you, is this yours? Oh man, this smell! It smells so. Good. <laughs> hey, Levi! Levi is here too. Uh, I got a moment, Carl. I got to show you something while you're here in studio. I know this isn't great for the audio audience, but you know we were we were hanging out at uh, Linux Fest, and we looked over at Carl, and Carl was so f- freaking on brand. I had to take a picture of it. By the way, I also got some pictures of you doing the event. But here's a picture of Carl hanging out at the event, eating a piece of. Jerky, watching, and we're all starving, and Carl brings his own lunch with him, <laughs> and he's eating jerky while we watch the conference. <laughs> you expect nothing less. Yeah, I did expect nothing less, and I was very impressed. Thank you for bringing a little in. Yeah, thank you. That's the protein we needed to get the show done. You're the best. Boy, it smells delicious out there. I can smell my wife's making some good food out there. I'm not eating it, but I can smell it's delicious. You've got work to do, mister. I know. So I also want to give a shout out to Bear because if you'll remember, he boosted in with a recommendation for the dot matrix printer. And on the eBay listing, it said parts only. Cannot verify condition. That sounds bad. And Jeff is such a dude. He's like, well, here's what I know I need to take care of before we get there. So he pre-orders some lithium grease thinking, you know, he's taking this thing apart and re-greasing this whole thing. But you didn't have to do any of that, did you? It's very clean. The rails for the head are greased up. There's a little little bit of uh, you know dirt in there. But very, very, very little. Super clean. The heads, the, the Delron gears that I could see were lubed and moved very, very nicely. Didn't even bother taking it apart. The whole thing is just way too clean. No, yeah. no need. It looks brand new. Yep. Perfect condition. So now we just need some dot matrix printer paper, and we need to get it working on NixOS. The box even had the manual in it, and the previous owner wrote, like, the exact ribbon and where he got it. It's like, oh, this ribbon part number at Radio Shack. Yeah, he was buying stuff from Radio Shack back in the day. (laughs) Great. (laughs) You know, my favorite thing of the whole Notes PC uh, and the printer is the name of the printer. You notice that? It's just Gorilla Banana. Yeah. Come on, Chris, 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 wait, wait, wait. Oh, right, 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 right. No, you're right, you're, you're right. There's, yeah, you know, you're absolutely... You can't. <laughs> Hold on, I'll eat my jerky, you go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> so first of all, I want to tell all the listeners that Enlightenment is on the toxic list for next year's vote, uh, for this year's vote. But it was last year, it was last year, so I guess you will put it <laughs> this year. <laughs> Are you on the payroll over there? I mean, <laughs> I <think so. laughs> no, no, the thing is, you know, I... I think I started using Enlightenment in like 2004 or mm-hmm. something like that. So yeah. I've 
I think I use Enlightenment for almost 20 years. And I started with some configuration and I added some uh, mouse shortcuts tools and stuff like that. And I think I run this configuration for more than 10 years like, like that. And it does not change. I, I can trust Enlightenment that with the next version, my configuration will probably work again. And that's nice for 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 a desktop computer with with multiple screens. Give it a shot. Give it a shot. I always started with running Enlightenment, like just as a window manager, you know. And then I added the GNOME settings demons and a GNOME panel. So I did, in fact, what if we go back to Linux history? Okay, uh, Enlightenment. Enlightenment was the window manager of GNOME One. Huh? Really? Wow. And then they switched to Windows City. Then they switched to Meta City, and mm -hmm. then afterwards we have the GNOME 3 that we have right now. So give Enlightenment a shot. When it comes to multi-screen setups or for low-spec system, ah, you can't beat it. No, definitely you can't not. Beat it. I, it's a single screen, and it's a notes PC, but even then, you know, like you said, you set up the configuration, and everybody calls Plasma configurable, and that's that's a joke compared to Enlightenment. It really is. But it's kind of hard to configure and somebody who's never done it trying to find those little bits and pieces and yeah. every little thing that you can you can configure and you're dead on though a couple a couple good configurations and you can just scream through it like anything else i mean configure it however you want and it's so slick super fast super clean um the animations are extremely smooth that's it's just all the little things that really checks those boxes I'm I'm curious. Is there such a like a rich sharing um, community of configs for Enlightenment? Just like there that, might be with a, and so. It's a good question. You know, easiest thing is you go to IRC, good old IRC, <laughs> and you will find an Enlightenment on Freenode. You will find an Enlightenment or Libra chat now. You find lights. Uh, you find Enlightenment chat, and they give you some links. I personally don't need this knowledge base. Because I'm working with that for so much time, I don't have any questions. Otherwise, I figure it out. I know the learning oh. uh, curve. Well, is that's deep nice for you, Mini Mac. Well, being on the <laughs> payroll, know, he has access to a bunch of resources. Sounds like you can ping him whenever you need yeah. help. That's so what you're it saying, like. Mini Mac, you're saying you're going to fly out here and help me set up the Node species? Cool. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> it's a niche product. It's a niche product. Yeah. So you don't it's have a, a large community uh, as, as GNOME has or KD Plasma or whatever. But give it a try. And try to go to this configuration where the definition of the menu items is sometimes pretty strange. And all of a sudden you realize that, wow, you achieved something that you did not want, but it looks nice. <laughs> so it is that learning curve. Yep. And you do another click and then it's gone. Yep. And, and, the, and, and the thing is, all that stuff is binary. So that thing is not saved in a configuration thing. It's saved directly on the fly, on in the Enlightenment configuration files, which are binary, in fact. Because you have the Enlightenment running, the, the, the settings are applied, in fact, in the edgy file. It is really, it's fast. That's why it's so fast. Yeah, it is. That's my first it's, impression. It's so smooth. I'm excited to try this. Yeah, I, we'll go, after the show, we're going out there. You've got to try, try it. Plus, we, plus, Wes, you got to help screen. us get the uh, dot matrix printer oh, working wait. on Nix OS. But wait, wait, what is the deal with that run everything button? I mean, I didn't push it. Oh yeah, what I was is smarter? Mini Mac. What oh, is that's it? A, that's a launcher. That's mm -hmm. a launcher, and it, it, it uh, includes also um, file search and everything. You can go to the configuration, and you will find. 
I think even in menu item, everything launcher, where you can in fact uh, configure what he's looking for. Hmm. For me, it's just an app launcher, but you can also search for files and probably even do some web search if you have the module for it. I'm not sure if that is uh, possible. So they have various so modules that kind of extend it. Yeah. Yeah, that's nice. Nice, very nice. Well, I uh, I finally have my enlightenment system. Jeff did it as a troll, and I love it. Gen two next. I'm right? keeping it. I'm uh, we'll see. The only yeah. So thanks, Jeff. Cool. Yep. The only problem is, is I was kind of I was sort of planning for a mouse free environment just to reduce right. space, but Jeff has a better idea. Instead of putting it on, so in the garage I have the automotive table, and only automotive related things are supposed to go on that table. But now we have this PC. And Jeff had a great idea of maybe setting up like a mount on the wall where I actually work on the engines of the machine and we'll put it over there. I don't know if there's room for a mouse, though. But I would like to be a mouse-free environment. So is that possible? Can you get a keyboard that has... Can I do it all with keyboard? It's configurable, for sure, to do that. It might take you a while to get to that point, but it is absolutely configurable to do that. And, I mean, if you're using a little launch mini... And, you know, have room for a ball mouse. I think that'd be fine. What'd you say? If you have A ball room, what? A what? Yeah. All right. All right. I'm, I'm going to stick with Enlightenment. We're going to make it work. We're going to make it work. I think it's going to be fantastic. And uh, the Gorilla Banana was a fantastic recommendation by Bear. It is a solid little printer. We just we got to get our hands on some paper. Linode.com slash unplugged. Head on over there to get $100 in 60-day credit. It's a great way to support the show. It's where we run all of our cloud services. We get the control, the power, the flexibility, and the performance that we frankly require to run all of our infrastructure to have it perform well for our audience. And things have just been getting better because Linode is now part of Akamai. They've kept the best bits like the tools and the API and the command line client stuff and, of course, the great infrastructure – but they're also combining with Akamai's power and global reach. You know they're the absolute best in the business, they're top brand in networking, and they're expanding their services to offer more cloud computing resources like new data centers and new tooling while still giving us the reliable, affordable, and scalable solution that we've been using for years and telling you about, and honestly, that our audience loves. So go try it out, linode.com unplugged. Get that $100 in credit and really kick the tires. That's like a vote of confidence. You can really try something out. You've been wondering about Matrix or Mattermost or running your own Jitsi server, maybe a Minecraft server. Maybe you want to run GitLab or NextCloud. They have so many ready-to-go instances, and they deploy in a sane, manageable way. And as part of Akamai's global network of offerings, they're going to give you even more resources as time goes on. So you'll know there'll be more data centers to choose from. That's been a really nice aspect for us. We can deploy resources in areas that our listeners are at. You could do it for your project, for your family, for your friends, for your business, an enterprise of any size. So why wait? Go experience the power of Linode. Now Akamai right now. You just go to linode.com slash unplugged. That's where you get the 100 bucks and you can learn more about Linode. And now Akamai to help you scale your applications from the cloud all the way out to Grand Forks, North Dakota, and beyond. Maybe even Mars one day. Linode.com slash unplugged. Now, the talks happened on Saturday, but... Seems like the mini fest really kicked off on Friday night with a little social get together. And I knew I was going to be missing out. Unfortunately, I had a conflict and couldn't make it. But I don't think I fully appreciated just how much I was going to be missing out because it sounds like there was also some gaming going on. Yes. I, I you know, the first, ve- so it was two venues Friday night, which is kind of fancy. Yeah. 
the first venue, Stone's Throw Brewery. Family-friendly, pet-friendly, and bike-friendly, but they did a kind of a neat thing. So they started with an old-school Bellingham house for the brewery. And then they built, like, this complex arrangement of containers and canvases around it. And then in the middle, they created, like, this pit fire and a place to sit and, like, a little area to hang out. It was really pretty great. I don't mean to sound like an idiot, but it took me about it took me about an hour before I realized that I was surrounded by a bunch of like complex container arrangements and that they had made like they extended this one single house out of like 20 or 30 containers. It was massively more impressive than I expected. Well, and I noticed you grabbed, Chris, the very last chair around the fire. You spotted that and yeah. went straight for it. And I think you were there all night, right? <laughs> well, I, I had that. I had a strategy. I I figured sit down and just let people come to me, you know. Well, best for you in the house too. It was pretty great. It was pretty great. You know what's you know what was really neat is I felt like Friday night I had a chance to meet with fellow podcasters. Yeah, the pseudo show, uh like seventy, maybe eighty percent of the pseudo show is there. Uh some people that are about to launch a new podcast about Linux and open source and education were there, and they were yes. asking me for some tips, and that was pretty cool to kind of like share some ideas with them. And that is kind of special. I mean, you know, obviously we're. You bring in the audio on podcast. It's two. It's like a double feature. Yeah, and you're literally sitting around a fire. <laughs> <laughs> Dang it, I'm jealous. There's something tribal about that. Uh, and then we, uh, after that, we kind of wrapped up, and uh, we we moved to one of the most legitimate gaming venues I've been to ever. I was a little skeptical because I see these kind of things all the time, but the One Up Lounge they really had it nailed. They had the classic pinball games. They had the classic console games with the CRT screens Ooh, and all that kind of CRT stuff. CRT screens. Yeah. So you're playing it the right way, right? Like massive CRT screen. Yeah. The Trinitron. The flat Trinitron. Yeah, you know, the good stuff. Mm-hmm. The good stuff. It was really fun. It was really fun. And Noah had a chance to show my kids a few hot tips on GoldenEye. <laughs> well, I showed Noah a few hot tips about the uh, Star Trek pinball that was right at the door. It was Did very you? much worth playing. Did you miss that? You I, didn't? I didn't play the Star Trek pinball oh, game. Oh, Chris. I thought that was the whole reason we got that venue. I left my debit card there, unfortunately. Good <laughs> excuse to go back. <laughs> well, they had, a, they had a really nice card shop attached, and you could go over there and play some card games. I, I don't know. But I, I, I just kind of was meandering through the different venues and checking it out, and then I kind of left and said my goodbyes and just totally walked out and didn't grab my debit card. On the tab. And you didn't think to grab it the next day either? No, Hadiyah got it for me. Oh, that's kind. It was good. It was really Saturday where things kind of clicked in, and I felt like we got down to actual business. And uh, I gave the opening, hello, everybody, welcome to Linux Fest Mini. And then, Brent, you had to give the first talk. Yeah, it's a bit um, – well, I will admit that's the first talk I give at any conference, which was a, you know, a little bit of uh, jitters, if you will. Oh, really? Or like nerves. Or Not counting like next con- – not counting like next cloud events, you're saying this is the first. Fair enough. Talk? Not yeah. I think uh, because you just like two weekends ago we're doing live events. Like yeah, I guess I consider those slightly different. One is like hosting an event. The other is giving a talk. I don't know. Is there a difference? Maybe not. How did I do? Did I do okay? You did great. Oh well, thank you. We're like, ah, what do we need to do to upgrade our next cloud? Like we are missing out on. We're not yeah. taking advantage of all these things. Yeah. The great thing about uh, that venue, which ended up being a room filled with, what, like 90 people or so, was that it just also felt really casual and cozy, and I thought it was just like hanging out with a bunch of friends, which was a great feeling as someone giving a talk. 
because literally it's just like hanging out with a bunch of friends that you really enjoy. So uh, at least from my point of view, it was pretty amazing and really, really fun. And, uh, you know, I get to talk about Nextcloud, which is also super fun. So um, I think those presentations, Chris, are going to be, I think, released in a couple of weeks. Is that right? That's the plan. I don't know how the audio will be, but the plan is on the uh, Linux Fest Northwest channel in the next week or two. Some of the talks should be there. I do think there was sort of a special atmosphere, you know, just given, you know, all the complications so far, the the, the questions, would we even be here? Um, I think there was an especially sort of supportive spirit and group going on. You know, sometimes you go to a conference and it's a big thing, especially maybe like a corporate event, and you're kind of like, what can I get out of this for me? And I, I didn't really get that. It was, it was much more like everyone in the room, even if you, you know, maybe that talk wasn't the reason that you were going to come or you were the most excited about. It's not like people were yeah. getting up and leaving or moving. You know, you sure, you could, it'd be fine, but... It felt like everyone was just there to to see what would happen and wishing everyone the best. No, one of the things you pointed out during the conference was it was kind of nice just to sit there in one spot and have the great talks come to you. Yeah, I think that it provided an opportunity for people to go see talks they wouldn't ordinarily participate in. You know, a lot of times at the conference, you'll take the conference bulletin and you'll read through it and you'll say to yourself, which of these things are most directly relevant to what I'm doing? And the problem with that is it doesn't always let you wander into exposure to things that you don't know are beneficial to you. Like, for example, the fact that Clonezilla has Pixie booting built into it. I use Clonezilla all the time, but I'm still running around <laughs> and like, okay, we got 50 machines. So what do I need? I need 51 flash drives, one for the source machine and one for all the cloning machines. And so the idea of being able to just, hey, me just hit F12 and tell the people, you know, boot Pixie. I You don't know that option is there unless the guy from Clonezilla is presenting those things. You're paying attention to what's coming new. That's maybe not a thing I would have gone to. I would have said, Clonezilla, the ISO that I download and, and image on my machines, I use that all the time. Sitting through that presentation, though, you learn things and you get exposure to things you wouldn't ordinarily, ordinarily do. And so, yeah, I, I thought that was great. Mm-hmm. I thought it was kind of special that they, the folks from Clonezilla showed up. You know, they weren't, they're, been, they're, they're not always the loudest or the, fan, you know, like the, the most announcing of their presence at Linux Fest Northwest, but they've been there for a long time. And it, I think it says something about the special nature of Linux Fest Northwest that uh, yeah. they keep showing up. Well, it also reminded me that I'm just not using Clonezilla to its fullest. No, you aren't. Right? Did you get that impression when you watched it? Like, I'm not using that to its best. A hundred percent. The only thing I would say to that is just kind of referencing our previous NixOS conversation, like... The ability to, or the benefit of being able to replicate um, a, a setup machine kind of goes out the window if you can just set it up from scratch every time. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was pretty neat also seeing it from their perspective, you know, like just hearing them talk about it and hearing their passion and all of that. Like, I, I, I really I really was pretty grateful they made it. Um, everybody, obviously, who makes it. Guys like Carl who mm-hmm. make it and, of course, all the others. But thank you, Carl. Thank you for making Carl's heading out right now. But... uh when I watched that presentation, my takeaway was there's a lot more I could do with Clonezilla. There's a lot more. But no, you nailed it. When you said, I just sat here and all of the talk, all the presentations, all of the best speakers that came to me, there's something here with a, a little bit smaller format, actually, I think. Don't you think? Like a little bit smaller format. I don't need 20 talks to pick from. No, and it, and it causes you to pick from the highest of the high because you have a smaller bandwidth. Mm. Um yeah. I also think it was interesting because we all sat in on the same talks again later on throughout the night and throughout that evening, there were topics of conversation that you knew sitting down at a table that you could have with other people. 
because you knew they sat through the same talks you did. Yeah. Which is not something you would ordinarily have. You would say, hey, did you catch that? No, I didn't see that. Okay, well, maybe on the rerun, that kind of thing, right? Did you have a favorite talk, Noah? Was it Clonezilla or something else? You know, I'll be honest with you, and I'm not just blowing smoke. I would say Brent's NextCloud talk. One of the things that he said that was super impactful to me was when he described NextCloud as the hub of apps, right? I've always thought of NextCloud as like an Office 365 replacement mm-hmm. or my cloud system. I've never really thought of it as like one app to rule them all. And so in the same way that I've, I've uh, bamboozled my wife into believing that Home Assistant is just the one app that she needs on her phone to control <laughs> everything and I'll just funnel it all into the one place, I kind of feel like that's what NextCloud Hub is for, well, NextCloud is for the rest of life. Right. And what, once he, when, he showed, when he showed that screenshot of here's all the other things, like you gentlemen were saying, what am I doing wrong? Why am I not doing this? That sounds fantastic. Uh, that's, I think that's that's what stuck, stuck out to me the most. Followed maybe closely second by Carl's explanation of Epo 9, just from the standpoint that I'd never heard it explained in a linear fashion. Like, here's the, the, the regardless of what you think, your ideology or how you view Red Hat or all the rest of it, this is how things did work before. Here's how things work now. See how much more logical this is. And just kind of hearing it, you know, I'm like, yeah. any idiot should be able to listen to that and be like, yep, that makes sense. Yeah. There was definitely a sense of like, oh, that's what you're trying to do. And I, I literally, not even kidding, heard a couple of folks go, oh, during the, during the presentation. <laughs> light bulb. <laughs> yeah, light bulb went off for sure. And we also, of course, have a last minute update. We have the call for papers for Texas Linux Fest, which we're going to be at. We're going to all try to make it. April 12th and 13th, 2024. That's right. You know, there's lots of suggestions over there. We have it all at 2024.texaslinuxfest.org. We'll put a link in the show notes. Their call for papers is open right now. We're going to be there. It's going to be a great fest. I'm, and it's across from Terry Black's. So, you know, it's going to be good. <laughs> um, I, I, I feel like I finally got to attend more talks than I probably have in the last couple of years combined. That's a good point, actually. I completely missed the last fest, yeah. but showed up when it was over. Which, um, but but I think you're right. Like the hallway track has typically been where we spent most of our time. Yeah. Um, but uh, this time, just being smaller and stuff, it was felt like a shared experience was had by all, and yeah. I think that was really cool. Well, and credit to the Linux Fest team. Uh, for which I really had no role in picking the best talks, you know, and, and they had to pick from those who were still going to make it and the talks that were really viable. Yeah, not um, necessarily an easy task. Yeah, 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 really. Um, and I, I, I totally enjoyed the format. I heard some whispers that maybe this format might come around every half year, like have a big fest in the spring and maybe another fest like this in the fall. Do you think that's a good idea? It sounds like there's some interest. I would be down. Yeah, me too. More excuses to go to Bellingham. Check. Yep. So we wrapped up the evening Saturday with a dinner. And it was the JB dinner. And it was at the Brandywine Kitchen, which is both a place to get, like, great food and great drinks in one spot. And they have an upstairs venue and they have a downstairs venue. They've been around since 2008. And they've really kind of honed the experience because it's a local favorite. It's one of those where... uh, we packed it so much, and I was standing outside for a few minutes, and I would see locals walk up, and they go, oh, screw this, and they'd walk away because they, <laughs> there's just too many people. Their favorite had been wrecked, but we came in, and we wrecked it real good, and uh, we had uh, just a great crowd. We've, we literally filled the entire venue. I mean, it, it, we could not have fit a single more, any more, any more people at <laughs> We didn't all. have enough chairs. <laughs> no, no, it was completely, completely just slammed in there, and to the point where they're even having... 
a hard time getting the drinks out to everybody and whatnot. But, uh, you know, the longer we do this, the more it feels like just getting together with old friends. Just feels like we're hanging out with old friends that I haven't seen for a while. And, you know, about once, kind of like family. Mm-hmm. Once, once every couple of times a year, I get together with these folks and I hang out and we update each other on what we're working on and what they're working on. It's so fun, right? Like, you, you, you know, they're not in your day-to-day life necessarily. Or maybe you only see them sometimes in the Matrix room or in Mumble or something like that. But then you show up in person and you'll pick up where you left off. And I think it, it's such a nice little just mixing event because you have, you know, tables of people that have seen each other over the past six years at yeah. events. And then you got folks that are, this is their first time and they're just right there together. Yeah. We got folks from uh, Switzerland. We had uh, Frank so, came in from Berlin. Yeah. Frank came in from uh, Berlin. He attended All Things Open. He attended All Things Open in Raleigh and then made his way out here to yeah. the Pacific Northwest to yeah. attend Linux Fest, which is really great. Uh, but yeah, Florian from Switzerland came. Yep. I, that was my, at least that's the person I found who came the furthest. And I don't know if you could uh, top that one. But that was super impressive. And and I guess Florian spent a month here just taking in the Pacific Northwest. And uh, his brother came for two weeks and they had an experience together. It's that's the way to do really it. Really sweet, really I was impressed it. too. You know, just even the, just in the states, a lot of folks from the East Coast, you know, across the country, all over. So many people are like totally on the cutting edge of stuff. You know, like you know what I mean, like Nick's and just totally pushing it to the edge. Like we had a conversation with Christopher, who's uh, looking at converting their entire operation to open source, and they're doing like you know just underwater archaeological survey like types of I don't know depth Everyday mapping, things. you know, just like regular things, just just using Linux, just. All kinds of great stories. Um, it feels more like friends getting together over the years than it does like a tech event. It feels mm-hmm. like good friends that just known each other for a long time getting together. And I can't help but look forward to meeting these internet strangers over and over again. Um, but I think as we do this over and over again, the undeniable thing is the crew time. It's just so great. I feel like really, like Wes and I hardly spent any time together. Every time I saw him, I was like, hi, Wes. We dodge past each other. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I feel like uh, it's still so essential to be in the same room. You know, we've yeah. said that during the pandemic, of course, and before then, but it's still true now that you get this revitalization, this energy from listeners, from, you know, new friends that we made, but also from the crew just being in the same room. Like currently, while well, as I'm saying this, Chris is locking eyes with me. It's like this beautiful moment. Weird. Should, yeah, it's really, I, my heart's starting to flutter Whoa. a little. Whoa. How you doing? Uh, hey there. Hey there. Yeah, the winking is a bit much. But yeah, he doesn't need to do the winking, does he? You're next, Wes. <sighs> no, no, no. If we had an HR department, if we had an HR department. Uh, for me, uh, I feel like these sprints have come to a point now where they sustain Jupiter Broadcasting. Just full stop. Like, uh, the things we get done behind the scenes between these get-togethers are literally the things that make it possible for us to survive until the next get-together. Like, I'm not even exaggerating a little bit. It's a nice little focus point, uh, reprioritization, you know, sort of like uh, what really needs to happen to keep things going and um, all the right people in the right place at the right time who are focused on that. Shout out to Jeff. Oh, yeah, I would say a huge shout out to Jeff. I I feel like when we get together in person, it's this culmination of a bunch of ideas that come together and And get implemented. Yeah, skill sets, absolutely. But then the implementation happens, like the notes PC we talked about. Um, It's really nice to see it in person and, Mm -hmm. and like physically working, uh, which is really exciting. But 
long time project, we saw the servers up and running right. as well. Noah right. and Jeff. I was just watching because I couldn't help, and I was getting frustrated by how long servers take to reboot. <laughs> uh, but they got that thing running. It took a couple days, and uh, it's at a place now where we can actually do some irresponsible things to it. Yeah, it's too bad. I hate it. <sighs> what, what, what do you mean, Chris? What? How, how are you feeling over there? What's going on? <laughs> you guys spent legitimately three days getting this thing. I mean, reflashing BIOSes, reflashing controller firmware. Wow. Mix and match and hardware. Let me tell you something about this Dell. It has no primary storage. It What it does have is a <laughs> massive disk array and then an SD card. <laughs> it's got an SD card. No, no, no. It has two SD cards. Well, it's got an SD card. And then it copies slowly, manually, at boot time, to the second SD card. It's not a RAID. <laughs> Just as a like a offline backup in yeah, case you need it. Yeah, you want a backup of this? Would you like to back this up? Do you think maybe you should back this up? Go ahead and hit enter, and we'll go ahead and sit here at the boot process for, <laughs> for 25, 30, 40 minutes. Zero percent. Yeah, and we'll just, maybe two hours, and we'll just go ahead and copy this SD card to the other. So it's a PCI riser card. Uh-huh. It's got two SD card slots on it. One SD card is the primary SD card, and I'm talking like your digital camera kinks an SD card. <laughs> And the other one is the backup SD card. And the backup SD card gets a manual copy at boot. If you're cool with six hours of downtime, it'll replicate the SD card. And then you can have yourself a machine with 96 cores, almost 400 gigs of RAM, super fast SAS attached storage, and you're still Raspberry Pi-ing this thing (laughs) as you install the OS. It's so slow. So that was pretty painful, but we kind of eventually, through flashing the disk controller, through flashing the BIOS, got it to boot off a local disk. Yeah, we tried, uh, what was it, an NVMe drive on a PCI bus, and that, of course, wasn't supported by this particular server. No, why would you want that? No. So we got there. I mean, I say we. I did literally nothing. I carried the server once out of the rack. <laughs> I imagine there was so, some important moral support going on. Yeah. I would every half hour come out and say, hey, guys, you're doing great. And <laughs> then go away again. Yeah. And I would check in on the IPMI. It's not working. <laughs> so that was helpful. That was good. Um, it was like literally, though, three days of one blow after another. Like, it can't do this. Or this is a problem. Or that was a problem. Or we got to flash this. Okay, and but then we get Proxmox on there. It did eventually work, yes. We did. And I tried it Oh, for about four hours, and I hate it. I do not like <laughs> Proxmox. I'm sorry. I tried. I tried to like Proxmox. I tried because so many of the listeners like Proxmox. I tried to like Proxmox. I wanted to like Proxmox, Wes. And yeah, I, you've been talking it up. You've been excited to give yeah, it a go. A year. Mm-hmm. But I just want Nick's on there. I just want to... <laughs> Plain, simple NIC system. I don't want Proxmox on there. It's too much hassle. It's too much everything. Just so you don't feel alone, Chris, um, that was the exact feeling I got when uh, we were talking on self-hosted that I got, you know, Alex dropped off that one liter PC for <laughs> right, me. yeah. And I was all excited. I was like, oh, I finally have a place to put Proxmox. Everybody's always talking about it. And I got it on there. And then I immediately just felt deflated yeah. by the experience. And I thought... it's. I don't like this at all. This is I, this is not for me. Here's where it went south for me. Literally, the first thing I had to do was edit the Grub defaults and add like Intel IMMOU support to the boot parameters. And I'm sitting there like editing the Grub file. I'm updating Grub. I'm changing the bootloader. I'm like, I'm already literally my first job. The first thing I do is I'm already editing the Linux system. Yeah. 
exactly what you don't want to be doing. <laughs> so, like, why am I not just running Linux and then I don't have, like, all of this problem to deal with? Because here's what would happen. Here, I know this would happen every single time. I would build a whole bunch of servers. I would create a workflow with, like, PCI pass-through and storage pass-through and cool backups. And then it would break, and I would try to fix it. And the entire time, I wish I, I wish I just could get to the I – just, I just wish this was Linux. I wish this was just plain config files. I wish I could just get to the basic stuff and fix this. And it'll, it'll run fine for a year or two. I know, I know it would. It would mm-hmm. run fine for a year or two. And then it would break, and I would wish I could just get to the basic system. And if I already have to get to the basic system to just make it work in the first freaking place, well, that's probably my red flag right there. You know, and just to give it some credit, you know, it, it breaking might even be we break it. Well, likely, actually. <laughs> yeah, which makes it all the more important that, like, we understand it enough uh, that we can put it back together again or at least, you know, make yeah. sure we've uh, salvaged our data. You know what's special about these Linux Fest, though, is uh, we get projects done. We get things done that we just just don't have time to do or I don't have the bandwidth to do or it just needs, it needs multiple people. And, uh, you know, Jeff coming out a week early before Linux Fest and banging these things out was a game changer for us. And JB will be in a better position for a year. What a hero. I know. It, it is really – it is the fundamental game changer for us is getting some of these things done that – you know, we're so focused on making the individual shows, and there's multiple shows every single week that need to get made, and that's really our primary focus. But there is infrastructure that needs addressing to make it all possible. And that's where Jeff really came in and, you know, sleeping on the couch every night, staying up, making it get done. It, it's just really impressive. Luckily, we did, um, you know, do a little trade. We introduced him to Indian food. That's true. Which, I uh, want an update. How did that go? I, I mean, he ate the entire plate. Yeah, yeah, I only ate half, and you know that. That's he had something. tiki masala. He wouldn't even try my butter chicken, which I think was a bit of a new bear. But uh, I think the saving grace was about fifty, sixty percent into the meal. I did a full stop. Mm-hmm. I everybody stop. Put your effing forks down. Jeff hasn't even tried the naan yet. Oh yeah, okay. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So we got that taken care of, and I think that took it up to a whole other level for him. So we got the naan in there, and then he was really good to go. You know, you, you treat it like it's a fork. You know, right. just scoop stuff up. It's delicious. I think we're super lucky to have Jeff joining us for these projects and just being around the JB community generally. I mean, I've learned so much from him. Personally, he's taught me all the ESP stuff I know and all the ESP stuff you know, Chris, yeah. and, and just a collection of other things. So thanks to Jeff, really. I just I I love getting to play with this stuff and not having the skill set to necessarily wire it all up. Mm-hmm. Knowing it's out there, knowing these individual devices can do these things, but not literally being able to make it all connect. That's the part that Jeff comes in and just kills it. So awesome. Collide.com slash unplugged. If you're in IT, if you're doing security and you're feeling a little tired, a little burned out, I've been there. And I know what really gets to you. It's the stuff that just happens over and over and over again. Fished credentials. Somebody clicks a link in an email. Maybe somebody doesn't update a Firefox extension. It's some silly little thing and it ends up getting ransomware or some sort of data corruption or some kind of problem on the machine that just makes it so the machine doesn't pass the audit. You know what I'm talking about. There's lots of little corporates and it's not really the end user's fault, is it? It's Software should have been made better. Not to put the onus on the developers, but maybe we could have made software better. I think things are finally coming along. Collide is a solution to this challenge. It's for those of us that have worked in IT or security or dealing with it now. 
If you use Okta, Collide ensures that only secure devices can access your cloud apps and your network. So you basically say goodbye to worrying about compromised credentials. If their OS or some of their critical applications don't meet compliance, they don't connect. And the best part is you're not just creating problems for them. Collide works with them in an easy-to-understand direct way with a message to walk them through the problem and solve it themselves. So they don't have to file a ticket. They can get it resolved. They can get online quickly. Now, you should go check it out. they got a great demo at collide.com slash unplugged. You go there. That supports the show. And you can also experience the solution firsthand. That's collide, K-O-L-I-D-E dot com slash unplugged. Well, in lieu of a feedback segment, uh, we have a bunch of uh, VIP guests uh, in the studio today, which is really great. Currently, Frank, you're here in studio, founder of Nextcloud. Uh, thanks for joining us. Yeah, it's really great to be here, here for the first time in the Jupiter Broadcasting International Headquarters. That's right, <laughs> the worldwide headquarters. Welcome in. And welcome back to the Pacific Northwest. It's been a few minutes. Yeah, yeah, I think there was a pandemic or something. Something. I'm not sure. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> something. But uh, really, really good to be back. I felt like it was the uh, Linux Fest Northwest events where I would check in with you and see what's going on. Well, since everything's been going on, I don't know. I feel like Nextcloud turned it up to 11. Things have really been progressing this year, Frank, like at a very aggressive clip. Yeah, 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 of course. Uh, not only this year. I mean, uh, depends how you look at it, right? Of course, uh, everything is developing very nicely. We have this... Uh, integration with AI features, which is really interesting at the moment, and all the components, Nextcloud Talk um, developed a lot, and uh, the group were part, and it's really going nicely, but of course, I'm uh, <laughs> the type of person which is uh, never really uh, satisfied, right? <laughs> There's always more, right? I mean, our mission is to be an alternative to Google and Microsoft, and yeah, we still have to, uh, some work to do there. I don't and, know. and they don't stop either, right? So you gotta kind of keep yeah. keeping up. You have a pretty... I think you've I think you've locked in on the value proposition that is clearly distinct from what Google and Microsoft are offering and that is not only is it local AI but I get to kind of pick the AI services I want to pick and choose but you're doing something that feels like yeoman's work and you're looking at the different AI services and you're giving them color ratings. Mm -hmm. Can you talk about that? Yeah, exactly. So this is quite interesting. So um the last 12 months was really crazy for all of us, I think, because like 12 months ago, no one really thought right. that something like ChatGPT is even possible. This was science fiction, right? This is not less crazy. And then like in end of November, I think, last year, ChatGPT came out and everybody was like, oh, wow, that's really powerful. But unfortunately, that's something only big tech can do. Right, this is obviously needs like I don't know crazy server clusters from from Microsoft or Amazon or whatever. Yeah, and lots then, of uh, GPU or whatever. Yeah, yeah, and I was really bit de depressed at the time. I thought, okay, open source is being left out here. Exactly, exactly. I mean, we are I developed this nice software suite with Nextcloud now, but the new stuff AI that's we we cannot do it. Yeah, right. But then just a few months later, I mean, um, beginning of the year, it became clear that's not true. That the open source community did so much awesome work. And it was um, actually like interesting that we realized, okay, we can actually develop um, AI features, and then we, yeah, we formed a dedicated team for that, and oh. uh, started to do work on that. And was uh, it was it immediate? Uh, was it immediately obvious how this stuff would be beneficial to Nextcloud? Because I'll be honest. As an outsider, it was not immediately obvious really? to me. And so uh, many companies are just like adding AI yeah, without just, it being they're really They're throwing useful. it in, right. Yeah. yeah. I mean, for me, it always was obvious, I have to say, because, I mean, AI is 
bullshit in a lot of use cases. <laughs> yeah. But for a productivity suite like Nextcloud, I think it's pretty obvious. Yeah. It, it can help to write your emails. It can help to summarize your emails. It can help you like reformulate a document or generate a contract in Nextcloud Office. I mean, summarize a thread of emails. Yeah. Can, it's, yeah. It's, I think this is pretty obvious why this is useful. And yeah, I'm really happy that we can uh, do this now. I mean, it doesn't it feel sort of perfect? Like Nextcloud, there was a clear value proposition, local data, yeah. and you know having sovereignty over your own information. But the AI stuff comes along, and it's it, it, the way you've identified it's it's a perfect integration. It's it's yeah. almost your moment here. <laughs> Do you feel that? It is strategically very interesting because, I mean, I'm running around for like 10, 15 years and I'm saying like, yeah. hey, keep your data under control. It would right. be great to have it like local. Maybe you want to pick a service provider, blah, blah, blah. And that's very important. And yeah, some people listen to this message and some just ignore it. But now with AI, I think it's like becomes clear that this is important. I mean... There are companies like Apple and Samsung and um, like Goldman Sachs, and they're all chat, uh, blocking ChatGPT. Um, and why is that? Because they're afraid that their data is used for training purposes by these AI systems. Yeah, they're, they're private information. Yeah, whatever. exactly. And then, then the competitor is asking ChatGPT for, hey, how can the next generation plane uh, can be constructed and then suddenly get the construction plans from, from your competitors? <laughs> and like everybody's afraid of that. And um, yeah, to have something open source and local in Nextcloud is, um, makes a lot of sense. It's kind of a, a change. Like, did, Was there a lot? You mentioned spinning up a new team, but did you have to sort of retool or re-architect things to fit AI into... The productivity sort of application, yeah, um, yeah, yeah, exactly. Because the challenge is that um, Nextcloud is mostly written in PHP, and most of the machine learning stuff is in Python. Right. So, but just coincidentally, um, <laughs> we have in parallel started an initiative to build like a new API where with a microservice architecture can plug in like applications into Nextcloud that are written in completely different languages and different machines and with different APIs and so on. So that's actually matched perfectly. So does the AI stuff then leverage this the yeah. new API? Yeah, wow. uh, partly. I mean, there's some things that we can actually do in PHP mm -hmm. and that's nice because you can just activate it with one click. But the more advanced things like the, our large language models, um, these are um, Python components that are running in a parallel. Hmm. Neat. And so there is some new efforts being put in place by the Nextcloud team to enable kind of any language you want to use. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, so, I mean, it was since the very beginning where um, I, I developed this app system. Um, so it, because the idea is that it should be a platform. You can build up applications on top of, uh, not only like... And, and nowadays, if you just do a, like a default Nextcloud installation, it's already like, I don't know, 30 or 40 apps are enabled by default, so it's modular. Yeah. Um, but they're all PHP, and that's cool for some things, but as I said, for machine learning, other things, uh, you want to have other technologies. So we developed this new API, REST-based API, where you can do with microservices, plug-in, other components, and this just opens up a lot of new opportunities. Yeah. I mean, I think we're excited about it just internally. Yeah, I. it is really, a, it's, it, to me, Frank... Uh, I feel like the next time we're doing this in a year or so, you're going to be too fancy to talk to me because this is, you are, <laughs> I'm not sure. you are really, you're the famous person. You you, no, 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 no. <laughs> you have really aligned the project to really take advantage of this in a way where I can not only, uh, from like a technical standpoint, feel comfortable with it, but from a moral standpoint. Thanks for saying that. That's 
I mean, moral is a big word, but at the end of the day, yeah. ethical, ethical, yeah. I mean, there are some reasons why the Nextcloud community is developing Nextcloud like that. And sometimes I'm, I don't know, not disappointed, but if you go to uh, open source conferences, and I just came uh, from uh, All Things Open in, in Raleigh, right? It is a lot of people do open source. Every companies make open source, yeah, to a, a degree, of, exactly. And some of them, or most of them, do it in a way that doesn't really give any freedom to the users. It's yes. just it's just part of the stack, which is nice, but you still have the vendor login. And we at Nextcloud trying to do it, basically have the full stack open source. It's a big battle, though. You're essentially taking on Office 365 and Google Workspace. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, all when I started this like 13 years ago, it was, um, I mean, for me, the, 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 the main message is always that I don't want to live in a world where like only five companies have all data of all humans. Oh, boy, that, does, um, that, does that resonate? Thank, thank you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that resonates. I mean, and oh. it, it was really, I mean, it was moving this direction, right? I mean, everything, everybody was doing SAS, everybody's using yeah. Gmail and yeah. Dropbox and so on. And I was like, okay, that's great. But I don't know. I mean, open source is all about putting you in control of your digital IT destiny. And uh, yeah, that's what we want to yeah. help with with Nextcloud. I, I, I just really applaud what you're doing because uh, there's a lot of companies that are jumping in on the AI hype and they're just going all in without the thoughtfulness. Yep. And uh, what I think is pretty great is as a Nextcloud user, I, I can just select the stuff that runs locally mm-hmm. on system. If I want to use the remote API, I can. And I don't feel like there's a lot of companies that are thinking through that. Um, totally. Nextcloud is really, because of this too, developing into a productivity suite, like a complete productivity suite. Do you um, do you have any thoughts on like where this goes in the next couple of years? Um, just, to, just to add something to what you said earlier. Sure. Yeah. Th- there are so many companies who are like uh, trying to do AI now. Just slapping uh, it in. Yeah, and, and but it doesn't really make a lot of sense. No. And it's often it's just like, Hey, we're sending something to ChatGPT. Isn't it great? <laughs> yeah. And it's, <laughs> I, mean, I, just, I mean, I saw like a few months ago where that an, an, an open source groupware solution, I don't want to say the name, they're also like, hey, we had to everything local and open source. Isn't it great? And then they announced AI integration to summarize email threads and they just sent it to ChatGPT. Yeah. And like, great. So you have your local mail server, but every single mail is first uh, sent to OpenAI. <laughs> I mean, that, that's not a good idea. No. And then I uh, just like uh, I posted it on, on, on Mastodon like a few days ago. I saw like a Kickstarter project where someone developed like a box that you can put on your desk. It has a microphone and a speaker, and it just records everything that's said in the room and sends it, sends it to ChatGPT. And then you can press a button and ask for a summary later, which is like I mean, powerful great, and but so neat. scary, <laughs> just, neat but also scary. I mean, like I yeah. don't know, like I, I don't want to have a microphone. It's basically live broadcasting to yeah. Microsoft. Everything yeah. that happens. I mean, yeah. come on. Right, I'd like that to be local. Yeah, exactly. I don't mind that functionality, but I want to have it local. Yes. I feel like there's power in having both through the same interface, too. You know, like, you get these competing sort of SaaS or, like, AI-as-a-service companies, but each one wants to sort of lock you into their thing. You're logging into their interface using their APIs, yeah. but that I could say, use, for the things that it made sense that I was concerned about or that it worked well, use the local model, and then in the same way, without really switching anything, take advantage of ChatGPT yeah. where it made sense. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's important to have the to, to, to have the choice, right? And we have this ethical AI system where you can say, okay, this uh, this uh, AI's um, subsystem is like either local or this is not, or here you can that the bias is checked or not, and here's the 
the CO2 footprint under control or not. And you can really choose what you want for what purpose. And I mean, in Nextcloud Assistant, it's not only like one LLM. It's just, I think it's 20 different <laughs> models for different yeah, really. cases. There's something for <laughs> translation. There's something for face recognition and so on. And you can really choose which system you want to use in what way. Well, Frank, I've I've really been... Uh, grateful as a Nextcloud user because these are things we use. You know, these are features we're taking advantage of. Um, but ultimately, I know that I think as Nextcloud grows, I have to imagine your future customer is probably ten times larger than somebody like Jupiter Broadcasting. Do you feel like these issues that we've touched on here today? Do you feel like they resonate with the scale of companies or or government organizations? Are they concerned about these types of issues? Mm-hmm. What what are your what are your as as Nextcloud grows? What have you been discovering? This is actually very interesting because again, uh, looking back <laughs> many years ago, I thought that um, our main users, our main customers, will be enterprises like right. big companies, people looking maybe to replace Dropbox. Yeah, like like I don't know, big organizations like. I don't know, um, being afraid of uh, industry espionage or something like that. Sure, But yeah. it's actually Privacy. not the case. Mm. I mean, these typical big enterprises, they are, most of them are ignoring the privacy and security aspects. Our main users and customers are governments, universities, schools. Are they ahead of the privacy concern there? I think I think so, yeah. And yeah. they're under a lot of, a lot more like, um, like, public pressure to not screw it up somehow. Um, so they really care about being compliant and being like, I don't know, secure and so on. And companies, they're often like, yeah, I not don't know if Microsoft is compliant with our requirements, but everybody's doing it, so we're doing it too. Yeah. that's that's a, So they're, they're essentially assuming yeah. it's safe. Do you see those as potential customers in the future? I I, I think so. I think yeah. so. Yeah. I mean, especially with the AI stuff, it's just mentioned. It's like, um, I mean, big companies they're they're blocking ChatGPT for a reason, and they will also block like Copilot for Microsoft and other things because it's not really clear where yeah. the data is going to. Right. And but as they get more concerned and they think more a little bit deeper about that, I think so, and I expect that there will be some security leaks the next few months probably mm-hmm. right? I mean there has to be and then if I don't know there will, will be a story where like hey have you tried I don't know putting like next Samsung phone into ChatGPT and then you get maybe get something back yeah um, yeah that will be scandals so you're kind of you're kind of building it before they're ready to come you're kind of building it and when they figure it out they're going to arrive um, I think so, yeah. Yeah. As far as I know, we are the only like productivity suite with like locally running AI integration in yeah. the world. Yeah. And I, I think there will be, yeah, there will be a yeah. kind of a recognition as people start to understand yes. the technical pinnings and how it all works. They're going to kind of look for something that probably respects their privacy yep. a little bit more. Mm-hmm. And there's a bit of a corporate competition and protection aspect there too so i could see corporations really figuring it out quick um i think so yeah and we are next cloud we also um we're growing nicely i i don't know how many people we hired this year but uh, a lot yeah <laughs> well brent's one of them yeah brent uh, of course exactly <laughs> i was paying attention and i was the new employee for about five and a half days <laughs> wow oh uh, yeah yeah yeah. <laughs> that gives you some scale yeah 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 so yeah. it's 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 going well yeah 
it's pretty neat to see because it's a free software project that's getting the recognition and it deserves and the governments and the companies are finally understanding why it's important. And I, you know, I'm really grateful that you're still there. You understand that, right? Because if you, it's like that leadership matters, Frank. It's a really important role in the open source community. It seems all too easy to have NextCloud just turned into yet another sort of offering. But you, you clearly have these you know, yeah. ideas and morals embedded in you. You get. You can't go anywhere, right, yeah but, the, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I mean, yeah, thanks for the credits. But it's really the full team. It's really the full team. I mean, we have such an awesome team and we all share our, our values and our goals, what we want to achieve. And, and this is why it's all working. I mean, it would not work if I would be the only one who is believing in that. Everybody does it. And we have our open source community, right? I mean, Nextcloud is a company still small, like, I don't know, 95 people or something. But our communities are is thousands of volunteers. And they're only there, they're only helping because we have this shared idea, this shared mission, these shared goals. I mean, this is what's holding open source projects together. Well said. Thank you, Frank, for joining us. Thanks a lot. And now join us in the hot seat. Mr. S-U-C-D, community member, booster, and IPFS podcaster contributor. Uh, oh, I, don't forget Podverse. Oh, Ooh. yes. Podverse, the GPL. Well, thank you. Podcasting 2.0 app. Too many things. Why don't we start there? There is, is some big news in the Podverse realm, isn't there? Oh, yeah. They just started getting Android Auto, but apparently it just broke F-Droid. <laughs> Go figure. <laughs> so they're trying to revert that. I just talked to Mitch this morning. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's a process, but Android Auto is like that, that checkbox yeah. that I have been waiting for for so, so, so long. Podverse, of course, being the GPL Podcasting 2.0 app that is available on Android, iOS, and the web, very much. What drew, what drew you into Podverse? I was just trying to find some place to take my skills to the next level and learn and grow and help podcasting 2.0 and going asking around. Met Cameron the same way from IPS Podcasting, then found Mitch the same way with Podverse, and been going back and forth and helping. Let's let's all raise one to Mitch, who just went full-time working on Podverse for a few months. Oh, that's wonderful. That's amazing. <laughs> the balls on that guy, right? Because he yep. doesn't he doesn't have a soft landing necessarily pre-planned. Nope. Living in Chicago, no. You're just kind of grinding it away. Yeah. I mean, uh, I'm going to renew my Podverse subscription. I know that. Um, and IPFS podcasting. We have actually been IPFS skeptics on this show because we weren't huge fans of Filecoin. Yep. Turns out, even though we take boosts, we don't like crypto. Yep. <laughs> and uh, even despite that, I... I have decided for office hours, we are distributing it on IPFS podcasting because the idea is you can have an origin, you know, CDN object storage or maybe some random. That one liter PC in Brett's place. Yeah, it really could be anything. It just needs to be accessible over HTTP. And then you seed that to IPFS podcasting and it essentially acts as your CDN. Yep. So I'm currently running three nodes. One of them is on a one-liter PC running. I'm currently running from my house one of the gateways that is feeding IPFS podcasting. So we get only about 90 gigs of traffic a day or so, but it's still just uh, trying to decentralize from using the main IPFS gateway and trying to spread it out because IPFS gateway is having some issues with some other podcasts, and they weren't liking the idea of having one single point of failure. That's great. Yeah, we've been curious. Like, hey, how could we run one of those? Yeah. yeah. Engine, Nginx in a Docker container can get you far. It's getting close. Um, so if we were to put this podcast on IPFS podcasting, we'd be looking at about 60 terabytes a month. 
Mm-hmm. Could we do that? Depends on how much your gateways can handle. <laughs> so how much money are you willing to spend to get this working? <laughs> yeah. Good question. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what 60 terabytes a month would cost me. <laughs> but I do know that I got the call from yeah. my current CDN provider. It's like, hey, you're costing us too much money. Yeah. Um, it's not hard to set up your own gateway. Honestly, that what they need is more nodes than gateways. What's the difference? So uh, the node holds the data and yeah. runs IPFS. The gateway takes the intermediary between IPFS it's to like the HTTPS. So it translates so to proxy. HTTP, yeah. yeah. Okay. And so the node on the back end will store it and wherever it is, and IPFS podcasting will distribute it to anything that you – gold star – or I'm sorry, gold heart is what uh, Cameron has done or pink heart to say, I want to put this on my node. You pin it, essentially. Yeah, you pin it. But at the same time, people turn off their computers and right. they go on and off and on and off. And there was one of the podcasts I just recently pinned and gold hearted because it goes off every night and people still want it. Well, A, nice of you. But. Yeah. B, they should be getting their damn infrastructure online 24-7 if they're serious about this. Well, when you run everything from your desktop, why would you? You turn them off at night. <sighs> I can't even with that. <laughs> I can't even with that. But what I... Um, just to abstract it for the audience, what I appreciate about IPFS podcasting is with some object storage or some sort of HTTP endpoint, you can have an RSS feed and you can put an MP3 file up and you don't need any kind of hosting provider. You don't need a CDN. You don't need to have kind of Libsyn or you don't need Fireside. You don't, you don't necessarily need any potential provider, you need an XML file on HTTP endpoint, and you need an MP3 file on an endpoint, mm. and that's all you really need. And you can distribute with IPFS podcasting. Lower the barrier great. to entry. You don't have to start you know, all this upfront cash, try to set up all these complicated things just I mean, to see if you even want to do the podcast. I'm, I'm, paying, I'm paying over what some people make every single month just in bandwidth, mm-hmm. right? And I believe IPFS podcasting has the potential to remove that. It definitely has the potential to remove some of those barriers to entry to allow people to get more world-class infrastructure, easier to get. It's infrastructure that anybody gets access to. You could have the same infrastructure that the ballers have and the beginners have. But, yeah, go ahead. And you can do it from a leader PC. You can do it from Raspberry Pi. Yes. Anything right. that Odroid, can talk to the yeah. system. Right. And then with Cameron's latest uh, introduction of v for v splits, it makes it worthwhile for some people to actually do it. Yeah, it gets rid of the Filecoin. It gets rid of Filecoin, gives you sats. I never paid yeah. attention to Filecoin. No, I just started playing with IPFS. No, it's crypto crap. I don't want it, but I want sats. And so the fact of the matter is you can put IPFS podcasting in one of the splits. That's nice because then the node operators that are pinning your files and spending disk storage can actually get a little bit of sats for the trouble. Yeah, right. And it's, you know, those are the folks who like your show, who are, who are excited about you and are trying to help you out by rehosting things. And yeah, why not make it super simple? You don't have to go try to like send them a PayPal invoice every month or something crazy. You just let the sats flow. Now, personal stuff here. You have something that I think every geek listening to the show should do. You have a plain text business card that you link people to. Um, and it is... Essentially an ASCII business card, right? Yep. Tell me Ooh. about this. Oh, the curl card. It looks better in curl, of course. Yes. <laughs> um, and there's a little HTTP redirect that handles it. So if you don't go to the wrong place, it won't do it. But anyway, uh, this was another idea from a JB member in Element. No. He was sharing it, and I'm like, I got to do that. I don't remember who he was, so I'm sorry about that. But I had to just like make a very simple replication of it, uh, 
curl gives you a little bit more ba or bash fun because you get proper cor corners, but the website does too, and just a little bit of HTTP sniffing on the user agent for Nginx. But just simple, neat, clean, can hand it out on a QR code or just type it out pretty quick. Yeah. It's nice. It's great for like the, hey, are you the person that I'm talking to in person kind of interaction? And I get a message from him and I'm like, oh, yeah, that's, that's Archie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's great. Well, uh, thank you. Seriously, thank you for everything you work on, but also thank you for the IPFS podcasting. If you have a chance to chat with Cameron, just please relay our thank you. I will pass it on. It is it is absolutely quintessential to us accomplishing truly distributed podcasting. We're excited to get uh, yeah. do more with it, too. Thank you. Okay, one more note. Podverse is working on the Android Auto issue in F-Droid as we speak, so it should be fixed soon. That's it. Yeah, all hail Podverse. That's right. right. <laughs> Thank you, sir. Thank you. Now, finally, for the first time, joining us in studio, it is the one, the only show mascot, Mr. Golden Dragon. Everybody. Hello, sir. What's up? Well, you know what? I'm just sitting here thinking, this is the guy <laughs> that started the Rowan Ducks. <laughs> yeah, right? I know. Right? Legendary. And and uh, to kind of like own it, we had to honor him by becoming the show mascot. And you delivered. You delivered as week the show in, mascot. Week out. We have not only a fantastic history of boosts, but we now have official Golden Dragon sticker pack out there. That's true. And you weren't messing around. You had to learn... You had to become an AI art director. Right, right. That's a big deal, an, right. AI, an AI art director. Um, and you also figured out how to make stickers. Tell us a little bit about this process because we have a very exclusive set of stickers in here for the uh, fans that are hanging out. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, you know, on top of the learning the AI directing portion of it, you know, you got to you mean You mean you're an art director now? Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. So, unfortunately, it's mostly proprietary software uh, on the back end, so... I use the Cricut, no, um, Cricut software. If you're familiar with like the Cricut cutting machines, uh, yeah, we have an older right. one. And so you go into the software, you import your art, and then you know do some finagling, for, tweak it, yeah, tweak it, <laughs> yeah. get it right. Get print it right. basically a bunch art of directing. crap. Yeah, yeah. You, you print like you, stuff that doesn't work, right? And you know you're like, well, why isn't this working? And then finally you get to a point where maybe you got to do some upscaling. <laughs> um, a lot of the stuff you got to do credits. So it's like you're having like log in every day to get these extra credits so that you're like, hey, you know, I'm not paying for the you know, AI, so I've got to, to log in. You have to have credits to generate the images. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So you're hustling just to be able to make the thing to get onto how, the sticker. Yeah, how do you right. generate the credits? Well, easily enough, uh, you can just log in every day. And yeah. so they send me an email that says, hey, log in for your free credits. And mm. uh, you join their community. For like I got to gotta give Brent a back rub every single day to get my credits. That, <laughs> that doesn't seem fair. It's working pretty well, I think. Yeah, absolutely. And so once you get like your art right, um, it's as simple as like you kind of generate like a square, I guess, in the Cricut software for a lack of a better term. Uh -huh. It's a size that the paper will accept. Right, because you have limitations based on what the printer is capable of. Correct. Um, well, not only that, but you have a limitation based on the die cutter. So, you know, not only is it eight and a half by 11 sheet, you're down to mm, roughly six and a half by nine. Oh. And so you have to generate, you know, say for the does your podcast have a mascot sticker, you can only generate like 10 to 12 uh, clean cuts. And that's with your offsets 
yeah, it's just, it's fantastic. And, you know, some stickers you can get more, uh, some you get less, and really just depends on your sizing and whatnot. So that's kind of the back end. That's really the, the best part of it, really. Yeah, that's really about it on the cruise. The, the ducks, stuff. though. The, the ducks. ducks, dude. You you put some time in to generate row of duck stickers. I hadn't even thought of that as swag. It's such a brilliant idea. That was my third idea. So of course the the first thing after the uh, uh, mascot thing was like you know as a joke I was like you know hey you know maybe I can be the mascot right and like does your does your podcast have a mascot? Hmm. No. Mm, what are you doing? What are you doing with your life? I want to keep a batch of the stickers. Can we keep oh, a batch? I, I'm giving you guys the whole thing. We're going to have to send them out because they're the best freaking stickers. Um, From uh, AI art director perhaps to swag director, huh? Oh, Ooh. the dragon steps up a pinch. Well, uh, we'll okay. I don't know. Maybe the tuxies? We've got to figure out a reason to give out. we got to figure out a reason to give out these stickers because oh, yeah. they're so good. They're so good. We'll consult with you as the sticker oh, master. Sure. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. If you want to, like, forbid somebody from receiving stickers, too, just, you know, like somebody wrongs you in the Matrix chat oh, room. Sure. Yeah. yeah. I feel like that's your final right as ah, the creator. Right. Like, you can just say, no, that person doesn't receive stickers. Right. Yeah. You know, I, you know they can go wherever, really. <laughs> um, yeah. You know, we'll figure something out. Yeah, you know, right. Give them out. I mean, it's not quite as dictatorial as I was going for, but we'll make it work. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'll, uh, I'll definitely I'll, uh, put the hammer down, as it were, right? That's right. Thank you, Dragon. Yeah, for sure. It's a lot of fun seeing you. Oh, it's been great. It's... You're the you're the Dragon in person. Oh yeah. Now there's one thing I want to talk about before you go, Dragon. You've built yourself a little something, and you started explaining to me. I know it's ESP powered, mm-hmm. and so I was immediately in, and I said, "Stop, shut up, <laughs> save it for the show." <laughs> I I get too excited sometimes, and it's just I I have to just. In the moment. Yeah, right? so tell me about this device you've created. So this is, I, I wish I would have created it more, but what it is is a nerd miner, uh, which all it really is is just it mines Bitcoin. But really um, what I find it as is like your security, right? It's another node that's mining Bitcoin because it's an ESP32, right? Yeah, it's you're, not mining much. <laughs> you're, you're never going to get above 61, what is it, trillion as a difficulty or something right now. It's something ridiculous. Crazy. But, it, you know, like I've got, one screen at home, and you just like you know put it on your wall, put a little, you know it's got a USB what micro. Yeah. Can I see it? Can I see? It? Oh, for sure. Yeah. yeah, pass that over to him. Check this thing out. It so, comes in a plastic case. Oh, I three D printed the case. It has it has comes with a cable. What? And so three D printed the case. Oh and, man, this is slick. And so like I did. It's got an LCD screen. How big is this LCD screen on this sucker? Three twenty by two forty. Oh, that's bigger than I thought. Yeah. And uh, it's just, it's, you know, a small device. And uh, so what you use, uh, your initial setup, you plug it in, and it shows, it says, hey, go to this uh, website. Sometimes your your system will just pick it up as an access point. Yeah. And oh, so it has an AP on this Yes. Thing? Oh, my goodness. And oh, so my goodness. But the AP only works for your setup, right? Because okay. you just, you set it up with, um, it shows on the screen, the uh, password and the access point name. So you log in, uh, put in... Uh, a Bitcoin address and the you know required information, right, for your wi- wireless points or whatever. Yeah. And then all of a sudden it starts showing you, hey, I'm mining Bitcoin. It actually mines Bitcoin, though? Yeah, right. It's, it's just running the process? Yes. I suppose you could add it to a pool. Oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, so the pool, that, the pool that it runs in is a stratum pool. Okay. And Stratum? So, yeah. So it's 
really low power. You know, of course, being a low power device, but uh, it's really <laughs> it's really odd. Like I, I was like, what can I do with an ESP32? Because I was just like, what can I? You know, just kind of figuring out the ecosystem, seeing cool things I could do. And was like, this seems really interesting. And low power. This kind of is a cool, you know, talking piece in yeah. my house. Yeah. So it's yeah, like, absolutely. hey, what are you doing? Uh, re- realistically, I'm trying to add some security to the network. Yeah, you're distributing the hash. Right. Can you, can, uh, okay, so I'm a little bit more interested in that security aspect. Can mm-hmm. you give us a sense of what it even does? Like, it's a tiny little device. How could it possibly provide you with more security? So if I understand how this works, I'm, Chris can you know definitely tell you infinitely, infinitely more. The more, if I understand this correctly, so the more nodes you have distributing the hash, um, the more votes if something changes. Yep. And so if somebody says, I'm going to hard fork Bitcoin to, uh, I don't know. BlackRock coin. BlackRock coin. Um, I want to add another 21 million. Um, you can say no. Yeah. Or yes. It helps, it helps the plebs participate in the consensus. So with your little tiny, you know, 3D printed, built at home, super inexpensive Using little device. Using five watts of power. Right? <laughs> yeah. Uh, you get the same vote as yeah. someone running a super fancy A6 yep. or something. Exactly. Wow. Yeah. It's pretty – you could also run it to just be a node. Mm-hmm. That is so neat. And the fact that it's built in with the screen. Mm-hmm. Oh. That's slick. <laughs> it's not a bad looking screen. I mean, we got color on here. It's mm-hmm. easy to scan QR code. You plugged it in? Yeah. Yeah, it's cool. <laughs> I wanted to check it out. Right? He yeah, just plugs cool. in random devices to his computer all the time. So. I trust the show mascot. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, um, there there might be a little something that, you know, sniffs some packets. That's um, fine. Yeah, you know. yeah. And it sends it back to him over tail scale. Absolutely. That's fine. <laughs> no, that's, that's how it works. Yeah, yeah. It just grabs some of your sats from your wallet and yeah, sends them to the golden dragon not right. a big deal not, i was not, gonna not do not it anyway so oh, great yeah that's fantastic <laughs> well thank you dragon oh absolutely yeah, that's it's a my great pleasure device. four score and seven boosts to go it is indeed time for the boost and our first baller boost comes in from boa or perhaps pronounced as boy and it is our baller boost with two hundred thousand sets I saw this number coming out on my dashboard this morning. Uh, by dashboard, I mean my email. And uh, I couldn't believe it. That is such a generous boost. So, so thank you, boy. Uh, so here we go. I'll read it for you. I've been coming to Linux Fest Northwest since 2012. Had such a great time at the mini conference this year and wanted to express my gratitude. I have, like, one friend who is sort of into Linux, and yet he moved away. It is nice to spend time with people who value community, privacy, open source, and doing things locally. Loved Neil and David's talk on bringing Fedora to Apple Silicon. And Sam's talk as well on gaming with with robots. Super inspiring. Hanging out afterwards was the best part, although I enjoyed talking with Sergio, Fabian, open source accountant, David, and the Galactic Starfish. Mm Mm-hmm. I also finally set up Albi just so I can boost this exact message and wanted to tell Brent, je me souviens. Hey, boost! That is a great boost. Thank you so much for taking the effort to set that all up and send us a message. And I completely agree. Some of the conversations you had there are fantastic. Open Source Accountant was in the mumble room earlier. Yeah, wonderful to meet you. Glad you made it home safe. Yeah, absolutely. John A. comes in with 197,902 sats, like a power player. He says, okay, because I accidentally forgot to boost last week, and I didn't, I'm doubling up this week, divide by two, 
for my zip. Oh. Wes, that's some tricky math there. You're sure you can handle this one. Coming at you last, last minute, Wes. All right, all right. I got to remember my high school upbringing. Yeah. Uh, that seems to be nine eight nine five one, <laughs> which is a postal code in Yakima County, hey, Washington. Whoa. Hello, Yakima. Hello, Yakima. I'm checking. Yeah, that looks right, Wes. That looks right. John, we know you've been out here before once, but we missed you. Perhaps you can make it for the spring. Thank you, sir, though, for the boost. It really helps kind of complete the entire thing. Zelif Cambusin with 100,000 sets. Hey, that, Wes, that ain't bad. That ain't bad at all. I hoard that which your kind covet. Thank you for the years of content. Bonus if Zelif Cam, I don't know if I'm saying that right, uh, Z-E-L-I-F-C-A-M is familiar to anyone. It's the old Mac file Z go to Zelif Cam chat room from the AOL 2.7 and 3.0 days. Oh, it was my introduction to bots and scripting and inspired me to learn more about coding. If I'm not wrong, that was a software project that was made of fire and water. It was a project that a Californian and a Texas came together to create. Salt and vinegar, oil and water coming together to create open source software. Powerful stuff. I guess I'll have to find a CD. Legit Salvage came in with 60,000 sets over two boosts. I've been doing the Windows Challenge going on 20 years now. Every, every, <laughs> That's not a challenge! <laughs> Traitor! That's just living with Windows. <laughs> well, he sent a few paragraphs describing that exact challenge, and I'll give you a little taste of it. Every single challenge you mentioned is something that has burned me in my career over the years, and I've spent hours finding consistent workarounds. My current employer is a Microsoft partner, and I consult on most things infrastructure and security and also happen to maintain my office machines fleet. All Microsoft services, 30 at the moment, that is. So, unfortunately, my Linux adventures have remained mostly in the hobby realm, though I'd love to make the jump at some point. And in a second boost of 10,000 Satoshis, he mentions... uh, Almost forgot my app pick for Windows 10 and 11. Power Toys from Microsoft is a must-have. It provides a bunch of power user settings and utilities that I think really should have been baked into the operating system to yeah. begin with. Yeah, yeah. I've, I've felt that way since Windows Plus. I, I, I feel win- like Microsoft was just baking in, like, upgrade pricing. I feel dumb for not having installed it when we were doing the challenge, actually. Because, <laughs> like, yeah, I've used it in the past. I just didn't yeah. think about it. I have a question. Yeah. What's Windows Plus? Oh, well, so you get yourself the Windows operating system, uh-huh. but it would turn out it wasn't enough. You oh. needed the Plus pack. Like they gave you three quarters of an operating system? Yeah. Well, you know how you used to need RPM Fusion? Yeah, ex- exactly. <laughs> you want themes, you want sound effects, you want games? Well, let's sell you Windows Plus. Early on, even in the early days of Windows, I'm talking 95, uh-huh. 98, they figured out they could differentiate by just selling you like sound themes and crap like that and i'm a sucker i bought it and you got all the like you got like special themes and special color packs and all that kind of stuff as a result and it was early differentiation i hated it so but with, yet with, i bought it with your friends was it like <laughs> hey do you got plus no i don't got plus i'm left out is it that kind of comparison going on you don't, don't have friends if you're on windows man <laughs> yeah yeah the, the friends are all on linux users we all hate each other 
Uh, Scheuer came in with uh, 50,498 sats like a frickin' gentleman. I am programmed in multiple techniques. That's a gentleman, right? He's not pushing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, he writes uh, for uh, uh, October 2030, he writes, I've been experimenting with tail scale and using free IPA. I must say this works a lot better than I probably would have imagined. Central authentication, even when I'm not in my local land, has been amazing. You guys should check it out. Anyway, I wish I could meet you guys. Thanks for congregating this community. Don't forget us folks in the Midwest over at 66227. Which is a postal code in Johnson County, Kansas, uh, home of cities like Shawnee. Hello, Kansas. Thank you for boosting in. Damn good boost too. Um, that sounds like a lot of fun to set up. Can I, can I share an embarrassment with you guys? Sure. I feel like I missed free IPA. Like I was coming along and I was implementing LDAP authentication and using it for all kinds of stuff, and I just sailed, sailed just like this, like this, just like this. I sailed right past free IPA. How? Like just like this. Yeah, just right past it. I sailed right past it. You know, when I see free IPA, I just think this might just be Wes's next favorite brew. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he, yeah, delicious. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it is a great LDAP um, authentication system. And it is something that is on my shame list. Thank you for the boost, though, because I appreciate the little encouragement to dig into it. Davrilin comes in with 31,337 sats. Oh! Using Castomatic. And you know what else, Wes? Uh, they're coming in hot with the boost. Coming in hot with the boost! <laughs> Since the show mascot, of all people, jumped on my suggestion, I need to correct something. Uh-oh. I didn't really suggest a no corporate tax November. It was in direct response to no Nick's November. And, you know, a month is a long time. However, as a theme, the highlight isn't really the no corporate tax part, but rather the community part. In my day job, I work at a big corporation, so when I come home, I prefer everything to not be like my day job, mm. which, you know, helps with the work-life balance. So for me, once I tried Debian, I never really looked back, and all the other distros comes with the, uh, you know, kind of janky and unpredictable corporate tax, which I prefer getting paid to deal with. NixOS has been the first other distro I have wanted to actually try, I think, over the last decade. Part of that is because I know it's backed by a community, and there's no corporation that's going to pull the rug out or do something drastic that I have to react to. My personal time, my rules. Mm. What I what I take away from this is that uh, people are paying more attention to the machinations behind the scenes than I gave credit, and they're paying attention to who controls what and who's in power when they're picking their home lab software. Uh, you know, we also got some uh, proposed ideas for things to do with Debian as yeah. part of this boost. Oh. So uh, try installing old, old stable, although uh, please don't use recent hardware. That's not fair. Uh, maybe try building the Jupyter Broadcasting website in a container, but using Debian's version of Docker. Upgrade to old stable, then upgrade to stable, remove Docker, switch to Podman, <laughs> oh, and get the container <laughs> running again. He's, he's like literally describing the reasons why I use NixOS now. <laughs> Bonus points. Try doing the same thing with Ubuntu, say 18.04, 20.04, 2204, or Red Hat. Seven eight nine. Oh, oh, I'd I'd rather not. <laughs> it's just awful. Um, but I I want to I want to circle back and I want to get on this uh, no 
no strategy tax November that's been coming in, et cetera. Uh, you guys got 10 days to get your shit together. <laughs> and uh, if you want us to do a November thing, you got 10 days to get your shit together. And if you don't figure it out, <laughs> we're not going to do it. But uh, I'm I'm down for some of this. Um, uh, the one reoccurring theme that I'm <laughs> sensing and smelling here is Debian. Again. But, uh, Chris, I got reminded j- while reading this that um, you tried a particular flavor of Debian just like uh, a day ago, a day or two ago. How'd that go? Are we talking about Proxmox? Oh. I said a flavor. I I don't think I'm going to like Proxmox at all. It took us three days to get Proxmox installed on the Dell hard. We had to reflash the freaking firmware <laughs> controller for the hardware drives. We had to freaking flash the BIOS. Uh, we had to sacrifice 2.3 GOS. Um, and uh, that took a whole seance session to even get them to manifest in the first place, which took us an entire day. So, like, pfft, don't want to do that again. And I think I'm going to go with Nix. Okay. I just, uh, I tried Proxmox. Guys, guys, I tried Proxmox, but I think you're all a bunch of lunatics who like to hurt yourself and probably cut. I, you're probably cutters. And so I'm not a cutter, so I'm going to use Nix. Uh, if I were a cutter, I'd probably use Proxmox. Um, I do see the second boost here is uh, might just be a postal code boost. Wes, it, did yeah, you find it anything? It sure is. And it, check this out. It's the postal code 1337. What? What? Which, which is somewhere in Norway, uh, Sandvika, Billingstad, uh, Slependen. You they did great. The lead postal code? That's not fair. How are you ever going to beat that? That's like having bacon as your postal code. I I, that's so cool. You kind of have to use Debian to offset it. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Leaky Canoe comes in with 25,000 sats. You guys knock it out of the park every single freaking week. Not this week. I'm a party member, and I still want to boost because your team is producing some of the best content. Keep it up, fellas. Wish you all the best. Aww. Thank you. Leaky Canoe, we'll apply this to, like, next week's episode. We just take, take, take that and apply yeah. it next week, yeah. Carissia? <laughs> How do you even <laughs> say that one? Kusuria? I don't know. Kusuria comes in with 22,666 cents. I'll believe it, Wes. <laughs> Back in 532, you were talking about the use cases for TPM unlocking. Mine is actually kind of fun. So the tools support to some degree TPM passwords with letters, numbers, and symbols. So I have a Diceware password on my TPM and drive encryption. The TPM is seven words, easy enough to remember. The disk is like the Bitcoin recovery phrase, 22 words, printed out, laminated, and in a safe, just in case. Hey, seed phrase, baby. Yeah, that's nice, though. That seems like a clever solution. You kind of got both going on. Um, mix and match. Might have to play with that. Yeah, I agree. I like that a lot. Taco Strange comes in with A, the best username, and B, a row of McDucks. Things are looking up for old McDuck. Have you heard of BP for SQFA? MI. It's a Pi Zero W with a display and a BlackBerry keyboard. It would work as a perfect notes device on the go if you could get your hands on one. So we have a notes PC, but one of the very, very, very first things that came up was how do you do notes on the go? So I will take a look at Beepy because we do have ourselves a tiny full QWERTY keyboard Linux PC with a thermal printer on the back that could make itself quite the little portable notes PC. We shall see. Complete Noobs came in with 18,888 sets. I like it! (laughs) Suggestion. Drop wallet for fountain. Objective. Enable users to rate and fund podcasts using a dedicated drop wallet reflecting their support. Drop wallet. 
a digital wallet for users to set aside podcast donations load based on budget. Rating system, rate shows on donation desire, not content quality. Ratings depend on podcast donation compatibility. Something like non-participating podcasts are rated zero. Mm. Partial benefits like no knighthoods might be a two to three out of five, but fully integrated shows five out of five. Interesting idea. So it's like it's like taking all of the individual contribution points and averaging them together to get a score. I like that idea a lot. Um, I don't know if anyone's going to do it there, but I think it's a pretty good idea, Mister Noobs. Uh, you know, Wes is keeping score. He's always keeping score. It does add up. Open source accountant comes in with 2,500 sats. And he says, you know what I want? I want Fountain to stop rearranging my queue on iOS. And we asked for people to send in some support ideas or features for 1.0. And I've never had my queue rearranged at all. So, but you know what? He it does wants sound, that. I, I don't want I don't that. want that either. <laughs> Tear boosts in with a row of ducks. Oh! How about this? Debian December. Take a month and reflect on all the work the Debian derivatives do. Each of the hosts run different Debian derivatives for a week and basic Debian for another week with the goal of trying to get Debian close to the same state as the derivatives in either UI or a select particular functionality. And uh, P.S. When hearing the Windows XP sounds really reminded me the Windows Waltz. Hey, hey Chris. Chris. Yeah? What? Uh, are you guys are you done talking about Debian? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh. Okay. All right. Uh, did you know it's a Deb and Ian? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what, a, what a great revelation. Nobody's ever told me. Nobody's ever told me. That's my thing. <laughs> Magnolia Mayhem came in with twelve th- uh, uh one, two, three, four, five Satoshis. So the combination is one, two, three, four, five. That's the stupidest combination I ever heard in my life. Perfect for your luggage, though. Oh, yeah. I know this isn't Coda Radio, but Misa back. I wish I could have boosted in before, but I was driving five hours a day to do the UPS, to do the USPS RCA Rural Carrier Academy. Hey, wow. doing the people's work. Either way, I got some loose sets now. And I'm looking forward somewhere to throw these things. Not sure if anyone even saw it, but I'm happy enough to have been in Matrix shouting about the Spaceballs luggage combination when it came up. So here, have one, two, three, four, five Satoshis. We do appreciate it. Mm-hmm. And we do notice. Yeah. Coda Radio. Um, I, I can't, I cannot, with all of the energy I can summon, I cannot stop that man from channeling Jar Jar Binks. I just cannot stop it. I cannot stop it. No, it's a it's a powerful <laughs> force. And I think your efforts are better spent elsewhere. Right. I, that's what I've learned through a through a process, Wes. I had to go through a a, a process, a steps. Uh, uh, but I I have learned that. Ghost Mullet comes in with two thousand sats using Podverse. Obala bala for all you vala, perhaps, and any Windows episodes that was appreciated. Soon here at work, I'll be forced to use Windows, and now I know that that laptop is in. I Mark. feel like we gave him peace. That's good. I That's hope good. I Thank hope, you for the boost. I hope so, and uh, good luck. Marshall Miller boosts in with a row of ducks. Seen Alma Linux give a talk at All Things Open about how they build without using RHEL was really reassuring regarding the future of the project. 
I hope that's true. I would love to see that show up on YouTube. I know the Linux Fest video should be up in the next couple of weeks. Perhaps the All Things Open videos will be too. I see a boost here. Row of ducks from Gene B. The main thing keeping me off from Fountain is the lack of playlists. When I say playlists, I mean like Overcast and Castomatic Calf. Ah, they do have cues. So I use, uh, in Fountain FM, I use cues and I'll queue up two or three podcasts for a drive. We ask folks to boost in what they'd like to see for Fountain 1.0, and that is a pretty good feature. You know what's kind of fun is uh, I've been just monitoring for live boosts in the background, and I've seen some streaming sets happening from Gene Bean. So, uh, hey, Gene Bean. Thanks hey. for listening. Hey there, Gene Bean. Soltress comes in with 5,000 sets from the podcast index. I must have jinxed myself, he writes, because after I boosted in talking about my setup, three of my discs oh, died. No. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Bro, I am so sorry to hear that. He said, I did end up rebuilding my Ubuntu server into a Proxbox machine with SSDs, and all my stuff is fine now. But I do blame Brent. <laughs> Amen. I mean, everyone else we is doing do. it, so it's fine. Linux Teamster comes in with 10,000 sats across two boosts. It's been a minute because I keep forgetting to boost in. I listen on AntennaPod, and usually while I'm doing something, I keep thinking that I'll open up Podverse, but, you know, the ADHD kicks in, and I'm on to something else before I can actually get that accomplished. Word, word. I am looking forward to using Podverse more, though, but since they don't handle private RSS feeds very well right now, it makes it harder to listen to my Jupyter member feed and others that I love so much. Once they can have all of my episodes auto-download and automatically add to my queue and make that the first page I see when I open the app, then I'll definitely be moving. Just a little bit of earth needs to be moved there, but I agree with you, sir. I think that is necessary. And you know what I have to say, Mr. Teamster, is that uh, Mitch, the main developer over at Podverse, very excited to say, he has gone full-time for the next three months. And that is a huge deal, to have a GPL podcasting tutor app with a full-time developer. That's awesome. Also, I will mention, Mr. Teamster, that Fountain does support private RSS feeds. So there are a few like Stratechery and a few others that I subscribe to that are password-protected RSS feeds, and they do work with Fountain. I'm curious. Uh, you mentioned Mitch would be doing this for about three months. What can we do to make sure that it happens for more than three months? That's a good question. Um, besides just using Podverse, the G- the only GPL podcasting tool app I know of, would it would be their membership program, right? Because that's the predictable kind of revenue thing. They do have a, a like a membership program you can sign up, and that would really help. Zach Attack came in with the dreaded 666 sets. Do you guys feel that chill? Ooh. Yeah, the window's open. Coming in hot with the boost. <laughs> I never understood the hate on snaps. If NixOS had snaps, I would probably consider using it as a daily driver. I do look forward to the immutable Ubuntu that is all snaps. Yeah, it should be fun to try anyway. You really don't get the hate on snaps, really? Like, I got to write that memo for you here? Can right you here on the a, show? Hey, 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 we like snaps now. Oh, yeah, right. Oh, right. But yeah. could you give us a summary <laughs> of the past? Well, they're slow. The fonts often tend to be crap. The display settings don't match my theme. And, uh... There's a lot of mount points, and it's slower to start, and they update without my permission. I don't like any of that. Now, uh, Canonical has diligently managed to make some of that a lot more appeasable, especially if you're using Ubuntu itself, especially the latest Ubuntu. But I don't like how many mount points there are. I don't like the performance overhead. And I'm sorry that I'm a fucking asshole who doesn't like that shit, but it is true. I don't like that shit. And I'm never going to like it. It doesn't matter what changes 
However, what about the slick proprietary web store, though? Yeah, I, I mean, there are ways to make it more approachable, and I think that's what they're being more successful about. And they're making um, additional efforts to make things like the Firefox Snap actually performant and things like that. And little by little, as we try each milestone desktop Linux application, they'll have an opportunity to dial it in. And when we're there in five to ten years, I'm sure I'm going to freaking love it. And in the meantime, I'm going to complain about the transition. It is getting a lot better, though. And I do feel like 2310 was probably the best implementation mm-hmm. we've seen yet. Do you guys agree? Yeah, definitely. Completely. It gets closer to uh, that state of forgetting about snaps. <laughs> yes. It was actually really close to that. I really, I really just didn't really think much about it. And, of course, we have a boost from the show mascot... The Golden Dragon comes in with one, two, three, four sats. So the combination is one, two, three, four, five. That's the stupidest combination I ever heard in my life. He says maybe we should try out Void. It's been a long time since I gave Void a try. I've been avoiding Void. Really. I've been, yeah. I feel like Void and a couple other things are kind of in that category of maybe one day in the future. I think next week for us. That's what I feel like we're going to be testing is the new. But I'll put Void on. The, I'll, I'll, I'll put it on the consider list. I absolutely will. Thank you for the boost, Mr. Dragon. We also had a boost from VT52 with 6,667 sats. Fortunately, they had to split before really getting a chance to meet us, but had a lot of fun at the mini fest. And sounds like they can't wait until the spring fest, which means they're coming back. P.S. Bellingham is pretty cool. It is. It sure is. It's like mini Seattle. You know, I locked eyes with someone who was at the JB meetup last night who was like, you know, trying to squeeze their way into a conversation. And I was in a spot where I couldn't really invite them in. But I was like, noted in a moment when I get the chance, I will kind of bring them in and at least introduce myself. Uh, But they left and I felt like heartbroken. I was like, no, I missed someone. And I I know, you know, as a past listener who wanted to meet some hosts of the podcast, uh, it's hard. And I want to make that easy for everyone, and I failed. And I apologize. VT, if that was you, I'm so sorry. Yeah. Please come back. You're on our regret list. You got to do it again so that we could do a make good. Because we do not want to. Like, the, like our biggest fear, I think I speak for all of us, our biggest concern is that somebody takes all of the time and hassle to get their ass here, and then we don't say hi to them. Yeah. That yeah. sucks. We don't want that to happen. So if that happened, you got to come back in the, in the spring so we can do a make good. Right? Yeah, we owe it to you. Thank you, everybody, who did boost in. We got a whole bunch of boosts this week. We actually had nearly 30 boosters come in, <laughs> which is so great. And, you know, a lot of people that went to the meetup that didn't get a chance to say goodbye, their first instinct was to say goodbye via boost. We really do appreciate that, too. That is that is very, very kind. Thank you, everybody, who boosted in. We got 29 boosters, and we managed to stack 786,883 sets. Win it. Win it. It really whips the llama's ass. That does feel really great. Thank you, everybody, for helping to keep this an independent production. That's financing that goes directly to us. I was just telling Brent uh, <laughs> earlier today. I, I know, I, I know, I know. But, uh, you know, like when the boosts come in and we see the totals, Wes drops them in the dock, it's done. It's not 30 days until you guys get those sats. You have them right now, right? We don't have to wait for... Accounts receiving to process the invoices and then determine what the percentage is and then invoice properly and then make sure we get all that and then send it to you and then you guys do the tax stuff. Like (laughs) 
as it comes in, as the support comes in live, you guys immediately get it. And it's all documented in the RSS feed for our audience to see. Yeah, as much as we like the open source accountant, we just don't need him. <laughs> Not anymore. Not anymore. We do have a pick. And I want to leave you with Moonlight version 5.00 for the PC. So this is like a QT front end to Moonlight, which is an open source PC client for the NVIDIA GameStream and Sunshine servers. <laughs> and man, they are just a fantastic piece of free software if you're not using them. And the new version is out packed, packed, full of features that are really good to see, including you can now spe- specify your own custom frame rate. Horizontal frickin' scrolling. Oh, you're going to need that. I'm, I'm, I got them widescreens, Wes. I got them widescreens. Native frickin' multi-touch support, of course, is in there. Controller type information is now passed on to Sunshine servers. So if you got like a... Con- I don't, I, you, you get it. I don't got to explain it. And then, of course, packages for all the distros you'd want to actually use. Don't forget, you can stream with AV1 now. Woo! Yes. Good to see AV1 landing in there, right? Yeah. Uh, you know... I- at the conference, Linux Fest, you know, I was sitting there listening to a really interesting talk, and Jeff was sat beside me. And, you know, everybody's got their laptops out taking notes and stuff, and I, I, I peek over at Jeff's laptop, which I know you're not supposed to do, but he's always doing something interesting. I look over. And you're always peeking. Always peeking. Wes? Yep. you got to get it one of those screen protector things. Yeah. He's screen always peeking. Screen privacy guard if it prints around, just approach a sneaky peek. And, uh... He's playing with the Seer Moonlight, and he's trying to get it all set up. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, that Jeff, he's always uh, playing with the new technology. Well, maybe that's what we end up using on our Nix headless VM server that I think we're going to get set up after the show. If we can get enough of West's time, we're going to go up there and wipe Proxmox off that thing. <laughs> <laughs> we're going to put Nix on there. We're going to pass through that GTX, and we're going to start doing some AI stuff here on the LAN. Yeah, baby. Uh, but we'll see. We'll see how it turns out. I just want to say thank you everybody who did make it out, but also everybody who just sticks with us and listens to our shenanigans as we share how great the experience is. Because, you know, we've been doing this for a long time, and one of the things that we want to avoid is just coming on and telling you how great it is to talk to everybody and how great it is to catch up with everybody. But the truth is, it really is. <laughs> it's so true. It really is. It is It is what sustains us. And uh, behind the scenes, with the efforts of guys like Jeff and Noah and Brent and Wes, we get things done uh, in this type of kind of tight time period that sustains the network until the next get-together. And we ride on those technologies. You know, from the very machines we're using on right now that Noah put in in 2017 to the – or 2016 to the machines that Jeff completely refurbished this year so that way we didn't have to go out and buy new PCs, right? Like it is the stuff that keeps JB going. I feel like, unfortunately, uh, we've been too productive, so we don't have these yeah. little meet and greets more often. We need to screw up. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. I can help with that. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. I appreciate that, One for Brent. the team. He finds the bugs and he introduces the bugs. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The real QA chief. See you next week. Same bad time, same bad state. All right. got to wrap it up here because we've been going on for way too long, but we'd love to have you join us in the Mubble Room or join us over at jblive.tv because we do the show every freaking Sunday. Over at noon Pacific, 3 p.m. Eastern, jblive.tv. That mumble room's always going. You can get your opinion in. Of course, that feedback form's open at linuxunplugged.com slash contact. And last but not least, we love your boosts. Hey, wait, one more thing, though. Uh, go go look at the tuxies. Give us feedback. Yeah. It's coming up. We got to get that in. vote. Last moments. Wait, yeah, don't vote. We're, we're going to, yeah, don't vote. But give us your feedback because next week it's going live. 
Thank you to our members. Thank you to our boosters. And thank you to all our listeners. We appreciate you. We'll see you right back here next Tuesday, as in Sunday. What do you think? I think I just found our title. Oh, really?